You are listening to the Legal Community Podcast, hosted by Guy Remond and Dave Zampano, powered by Guida. Guida provides self-service online legal documents supported by your local attorney. Fast, affordable, and in your own time. For more information and resources, please visit guida.legal and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Legal Community Podcast, and this is episode 12. Today, we will be talking about building a product, and Guy Reedmond and Dave Zampano are joining us. Hi, gentlemen. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Dave. Whoa. Thank you. Thank you. I was a bit early as usual, Lisa. I was jumping in. <laughs> okay. Not a problem. We're excited about today's conversation, Guy. I know you got a lot to talk about, so let's just jump right in. Talk to me, Guy. What is a product? <laughs> I, I can't, obviously, I can't wait to jump into the conversation. I'm just so keen. Okay. Yeah. I thought we'd open this conversation about, just as you uh, said there, Lisa, about talking about what are the products and how have digital products evolved over the, the, the last probably decade or so? I don't know, 20, 30 years ago, we were, there, there was a limited number of pieces of software, usually Microsoft orientation, that kind of thing. What we used to have to do was we used to have to put them on a computer and the computers didn't really talk to each other. There's some basic network stuff going on, but you couldn't collaborate on documents without really sharing them via email. It's the very clunky way of doing it. You pay your license fee, you put it on there. You have to do all the backups yourself, which if you didn't do that and you hard drive died you you were in real trouble and so many people fell foul of that and you had to upgrade the software and every time you upgrade the software you had to buy a new license for that piece of software and it was just a very clunky way of consuming uh, a software product and things have evolved a little bit since then and more recently all of us now i'm sure consume software as a service as SaaS products software as a service SAS, SaaS. and you know what that is really is a piece of software so let's take the Microsoft products. You have the Microsoft Office, which is now being rebadged Microsoft 365, and you can access it through a browser and you access it from a cloud. And the, the cloud can be a computer thousands of miles away from, from where you are. It doesn't really matter. And the beauty of that kind of thing is that you can consume this product on any device. And we know how many different devices there are, different phones, different browsers, tablets, laptops, computers, iMacs. There's tons of ways of using software now, and we want to use it on the go. You know, I'm Dave, you're sat in New York. Lisa, you're sat in New York, I think. I'm sat in a B3 in Spain. <laughs> the, it, it doesn't work on a podcast, but if you can imagine some really sunny weather and nice trees behind me, that's where I'm sat. And the product we're using, Zoom, is a is a SaaS product. And actually, it's a platform. And um, we'll come on to platforms in a minute. So, yeah. So, after the licensed product, the SaaS products came along. And it just makes life so much easier. They are backed up automatically. You don't have to worry about losing your stuff. They're backed up across multiple computers. And you pay monthly. Uh, and you don't have to upgrade the software. They upgrade it themselves. And you're always using the latest version of the software. And the beauty of SaaS products is that you it makes sharing information and collaborating on documents and other things much, much, much easier and commenting on stuff. And it's weird, Lisa, if you were tapping away on, on a shared document within Microsoft 365, that document is updating live in front of me with your name next to it. Just, you know, really smart use of technology. And you could go across all sectors, the music sector and video streaming nowadays and so on. 
things have evolved again since the SaaS product. So we're now in this sort of the platform era. I, I bet people are sick of hearing it. Everybody's building a platform nowadays, aren't they? Uh, and a platform, all a platform is really is, it's just a, a more advanced piece of software that you consume in the cloud. We are using a video conferencing platform called Zoom to have this conversation and to record this conversation. I use Spotify, which is a music platform, and I can pull pretty much any song I want to listen to through, whether I'm in my car, whether I'm on holiday, whether I'm at home, no matter what device I'm using. All these platforms provide just ter terrific services nowadays. That's the way technology's moved in a relatively short space of time. And I want to emphasize one of the themes of these podcasts is that the future is, is closer than you think with technology. Things are accelerating, change is accelerating. There'll be more change in the next 10 years than there will in the next 50. So why? Why is that the case? It's convenience. It's instant. It's cost effective. You pay monthly. It's simple. We, we're simplifying services in the cloud that people can consume. If they want sat on their the sofa at night watching TV, you know, if you want to get a car insurance quote, for example, it's just so easy. And one of the reasons why it's easy, we, we, we had, a, I felt, a terrific guest on last week's podcast, Andy from Sputnik. It's easy because so much effort's put into the user experience and the user interface to make it just seamless. Uh, I think Andy, I think I'm quoting him there or thereabouts, basically said the sign of a good user experience and a good user interface is that no one comments on it. Exactly. It, it's not an issue. It just works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it did. Why else would you do this? So a lot of firms build their own websites and quite a few firms actually struggle with that. And that's a really simple, effectively electronic brochure. The reason why these platforms are built by third party companies is that they are hard to build. Engineering wise, they take a lot of expertise. You have to bring the right group of people together. You have to have the right management in place for the project or else it will either fail or it will cost you much more than it should cost you in the first place. So it is difficult. It's also expensive. It's really expensive to build a well-engineered, highly secure, can cope with as many customers as it's likely to use the system without falling over or slowing down. That's really hard stuff to do and it, it costs a lot of money. So that's why most sectors now using third-party services, the music sector is a great one. Services like Spotify and Apple Music and Amazon Music, the big ones, provide, give us the ability to consume music wherever we are, whenever we want it and whatever our music tastes are. And they make that easy. And what happens is then that the artists take a small cut of that monthly fee that you pay to Spotify for music or Amazon music. And that's how the music industry had to move through the times. And I think the legal industry has already moved that way to a certain point and is moving faster and faster to providing many more services online. And, you know, that's a result of the convergence of technology and the sector itself. Some of the uh, processes are particularly suited. A com computer can do stuff in seconds, milliseconds, whereas a human might take quite a long time to do these kind of things. And it's also convenience. It's all the things I've talked about before. If obviously one of the things that we're involved with uh, is a legal document platform, and we want to simplify the consumption of certain legal processes online so that the lawyers are still there involved in the process and managing the whole thing, but the consumers 
are getting great value for money. They're getting the convenience of being able to consume this service online. So yeah, and I know, Dave, obviously this is your sector. I'd be really interested to hear how you think things have changed and where you think they're going. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a geek, I'm from the technical world. It'd be great to hear from somebody in the legal services sector. Yeah, Guy, it's funny. I, I've been hanging with you for quite a while now. And uh, every time I listen, I shake my head because I, I can't believe I'm sitting in this conversation. I'm, I'm quote, just a lawyer. I think back, the, the topic today is building a product. And I'm thinking back in my own experience, I've been practicing almost about 30 years now. Back in the early days, I joined a national legal organization in 1999 of estate planning lawyers. I was a solo practitioner sitting in the back corner trying to figure out how do you, I mean, my practice was growing. I didn't have anyone locally to mentor me because I was doing revocable living trust at the time. And those were unheard of. They were relatively new. And I'm like, where do I learn? So I, I, I joined this national organization and we would travel the country every quarter. We would all be together. So building a product started with getting together, being together and talking about it. And we would talk about things. And as I had talked in the hallways, then the head of the national organization said to me, said, what is that trust you're doing? And, and I started talking about the iPunk protection trust that, that I had always done. Uh, I had never named them because I never had to. They just trust that I did, right? As lawyers, we have the freedom to create whatever we want in using when we're creating legal documents. So when that's our creativity as lawyers, when you start to add technology to that, we say, well, People at that group started asking me, how do I get a hold of this thing that you have? Because it was you. They're like, what do you mean the grantor could be the trustee and it's irrevocable and you could change it? And as they started explaining all the, all the elements of it in the law that supported it, people wanted to know how to do it. So I started my first version in Word. Okay. That was, it was out there and it was a syllable word form. And that's how I built a product. And then I shared that template with others. Then. Uh, as time went on, you get introduced more to sophistication of hot docs, right? So hot docs was a software that was created 20 or so years ago. The whole industry went to those hot docs templates. And then the complexity of what we put into those hot docs, but then the cloud came along and then we developed people want to know, how did you run your business, Dave? How did you grow your law practice? Why well, I did this and I did that. And then I ended up building systems on how to build a law practice. And that was in another platform called Action Step. And I said, holy mackerel, it just kept going. It kept going. And we've always been innovative. Like people go, what do you mean you could do this in the cloud? It's a cloud safe. I mean, we got attorney client privilege. We got to protect things. And so these are all the things that people became concerned. And they're legitimate concerns as a lawyer perspective. But it's funny, guys, I sit here and listen to you. And I bet you and I, we've talked openly about our affiliation with Abundance 360, our affiliation with Strategic Coach. These are organizations that are worldwide. That's how it is that Guy and I, Guy in the UK and me in New York, that's how we're connected. We're connected to these organizations where we actually meet in person. We've told that story many times. And once a year with the Abundance 360 retreat out in California, we meet with innovators and it's, it's scary. I remember the first A360 uh, summit I went to. My head was spinning. In fact, the very first one guy, I think you were there too. We didn't know each other and I don't think we met. But at the time, we were offered an opportunity to buy into this crazy idea called Bitcoin. And I remember they were just, right? But that's the type of people you surround yourself. And boy, why didn't we, Dave? I, I actually did. I called my wife and said, oh, I just want to invest a few, five grand. I'm going to throw, they had 5,000 our minimum. They're like, let's give it to them. And she agreed. I just forgot to do it. That 5000 would now be worth about $2.5 million. But here's the key thing about it, guy. Innovators. We're in a room of innovators. 
right? We're not talking about Bitcoin now. We're talking about Bitcoin in 2016, five years ago, okay? And so that's what it's really about when you're building a product, trying to take the technology that's available and putting it with the law. And what I have found in this process of working with you guys is that UX and UI that Andy talks about, like you said, no one talks about it if it's done well. And I, I think when you add the complexity, and I'm using that word, the complexity of what lawyers do, and you integrate that into the user experience and user interface, how the workflows work, how the question marks next to certain requests work, that's got to be seamless. And that's the magic, I think, of building a product today. What was exciting when, when I first reached out to you about building a new legal product, you said, well, this is a new technology for an ethanol. So, bam, me, I'm a lawyer. What do you mean a new technology? But when we take, and what I've learned from this process is that whatever you're developing, in our case, legal products and legal services, we're actually providing legal services online. How do you do that? It takes an underlying technology, which is a code, written code and how code works. And what I learned is how you code it in the beginning is critical because it impacts the layers you can put on top of it. And so it's so important to spec out up front the deliverable product. Start with the end in mind. How many books have we read about that, right? So that's what I've discovered in working with you and working with technology and bringing the law to it, is that really it starts with beginning with the end in mind. What do you want to deliver then? Getting the right technology team and then the user interface team. Two different things. Building the technology is very different than, than building the interface that the consumer is ultimately seeing and using and how the flow is going and the colors. Just think of the marketing work we had to do with the marketing experts coming up with name and brand and colors and schemes and how much space on a page versus how many words. You don't want to put too many words. There's so many levels to developing a product in the cloud today. And I got to tell you, it's been a blast in working with you on this guy. And what I've learned, even the complexity of law, there's a process. And when you follow the process and you get the people that understand there's things that you as a lawyer, you guys have done things I never even knew were possible. And as a lawyer, I'm sure you guys are stretching your capacities to new areas you've never had to deal with. And I think that's the beauty of building a product. First, getting the people that understand each element of the product, and then getting the people to understand each element of the delivery of the product. And uh, that's really what my big exposure was to the marketing of it, meaning the branding and the user interface and user experience. Excellent. Now, really, uh, really interesting conversation. I do think that one of the, the things that we've actually done differently uh, with this, Dave, is that most legal platforms that are out there now try and bypass the lawyer. And actually, our model is so different. We, we think that could be a mistake because why would you bypass that expertise? You might need it halfway through the process for some you know, reason, no matter how simple you make these systems, nine out of 10 people might not need that support at all, yeah. but the one out of 10 that does is still able through the system to reach out to the lawyer that probably referred them to the system in the first place. And the other thing, what we're doing here as well is I think from a lawyer's perspective, we are hopefully making their lives easier, I believe, because a lot of the information collecting could be done by somebody who isn't a lawyer in reality. Like you said, I think you said your, your, your first thing you did was a form. It was a Word document, uh, a template, uh, and really the stuff we're dealing with at the moment, that's what it is. You put in data into a form, 
uh, and the consumer is more than happy and perfectly capable of, of, of doing that. And that helps the lawyer uh, and the lawyer can concentrate on some of the more complex things that a computer isn't as good at yet. But the reality is that there are commercial litigation uh, is going to be a struggle for a computer for a long time to come. There's going to be certain services that a computer, certainly in the foreseeable future, will struggle with. However, I think that those lines will blur over time and probably not a huge amount of time either. We're talking a decade plus and the, as AI begins to evolve and the machine learning elements of that, so all of the cases that the computer is made aware of and it takes all that information in, it will be able to do more and more complex things and that's where it's heading. So this is the first stage, but an exciting stage. And I think that the lawyers, the entrepreneurial lawyers, Dave, that, that yeah. will probably pick this up first are really going to benefit from this. I'd love to summarize all this story about building a product with a quick story with something that happened to me recently. I was talking to a college graduate who's in his MBA program recently. And he said, Hey, how's their project guider going for me? And I said, I don't know, why don't you go online and see? And he Googled it. And he, he was talking to me as he was doing it. He goes, hey, it, it, it wants to know my zip code. And I'm like, okay, so do it. And as he went through it, he's like, wow. I mean, I'm listening to him as he's going through the guider interview. And he's going, wow, this is really cool. Now, I, this question I was about to ask you would have meant, but there's a little checkbox. So I, I clicked on the question mark and it told me. He goes, oh yeah, well, I'm already through. Now it's asked me for my name. And, and so over the course of the next 15 minutes, you could just see the excitement on this 22-year-old that he was experiencing. But there in right there, that experience of the consumer, and this is an MBA student, right, who was like a kid in a candy store, culminates a year and a half, millions of dollars of cost, tremendous amount of intellectual work, legal work. And it comes down to the excitement of a 22-year-old as they open the app. That's the power of building the product from. And, and I think that's what all lawyers have to think about because what this does, this new way of building things allows people like us to both build it and do the heavy lifting and then allow lawyers to use it in a slice of the time and the, the level that they need it rather than having to go. Uh, and you've talked about this a few episodes ago about, about cost savings all the way around. So it's been a joy building products with you. And, and I think when you add technology, there's no limit. If we could do it as something as complicated as law, I think everything's open for technological advancement. Now, and I'm going to wrap up, Dave, uh, with one final comment. Yes, undoubtedly, younger folk are going to take to this like a, a duck to water. And but it's their expectation. It's their world, yeah? But just like Facebook, you know, what's happened to Facebook over the years is that the kids used it when it first came out. Brilliant, fantastic. Then their mums and dads went on Facebook and the kids were like, well, I'm not sure if I want to put my life on here so my mum and dad can see what's going on now. And then the grandparents went on it. And actually the kids don't use Facebook anymore. The kids have moved on to Snapchat and Instagram and stuff like that. And, and what the point I'm making here is that older folk using technology now in, in whether it be social media platforms, listening to music, whatever it is, getting insurance quotes, it will be exactly the same with the legal. Because it's so easy. It's because yeah. bigger companies have made it easy enough that even the older folk can do it. And, and that's really the beauty of building products in the 21st century. Great conversation. Thank you, gentlemen. Again, you are listening to the Legal Community Podcast. We were joined by Guy Reedman and Dave Zampano. For any additional information to listen to other podcasts, subscribe and review. 
please visit us at guider.legal. Thank you and have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Legal Community Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Visit us at guider.legal for more information and please review and share this show. We'll see you next time.